Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Rachel. <laughs> Y'all, we're trying something new. We're, we're schmodcasting from our living room. Usually when we're at home, we each go to our own computers and Zoom and record. But when we were traveling, we did it in the same room. And I just realized we could probably just do that at home. Are you going to miss all the editing work? Well, there will still be some editing work. The important thing is you and I, we're not using a fancy microphone, so we're going to have to both project kind of equally. That's true. Yeah. 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 I got really loud all of a sudden, so. Uh, good. Project. I'm usually louder than you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Perfect. This is Schmodcast, the podcast. Schmodcast podcast. Episode 52, titled Santa Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rachel and I'm Rebecca and this is the podcast that's just two platonic life partners holding on to their cat for dear life <laughs> we love our cat very much her name is Ruby yeah she was featured well she's been featured in many episodes so many episodes she got her own dedication though with Princess Ruby earlier in the that, year that was a good ep that was yeah. a good ep well this time um our episode is pretty clearly um like a pre-Christmas ep. And uh, our intro is, first of all, do you love sad Christmas songs and hate sexy Christmas songs? If so, you are just like me. You should see Rebecca's <laughs> eyes glittering right now. She loves sad Christmas. I don't understand sexy Christmas. I don't know why it's a thing. It just doesn't really feel... I mean, like, I don't think Jesus wants to stifle your sexuality at all but it doesn't really feel like a way to honor him if like we're trying to be devout like the reason for the season or even just in a secular sexy. way like christmas is not about romance like why is there so much romance involved in christmas music i think it's because they want everybody to buy diamonds and oh. do proposals it's like it's like uh valentine's day they've just everything is romantic now because they want you to spend 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 yeah. Do you want to be distracted from the horrors of, of the world and also be in a holiday mood? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if you love sad Christmas, hate sexy Christmas, want to be distracted, want a holiday mood, we are, we're here for you. We are going to share a rendition of a song called Santa Kitty, which I wrote years ago um, and found on a slip of paper in my things recently. <laughs> I'm not really sure when or why we wrote it i'm guessing it was during it was covid, COVID. it was definitely in the thick of because we'd all lost our minds yeah well that, um, that was just when we had like all these creativity juices so much creativity percolating yeah so much music yeah so here's the song santa baby fill my food bowl with only treats for me <laughs> put a toy on a string santa kitty and hurry down the chimney tonight think of all the fun i've missed think of all the purring and i never hissed i really do want to knead on you won't you come and Pet me too. Boom, 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 boom. A Santa baby forgot to mention one little trick. Catnip. <laughs> Just a bit everywhere. Santa kitty, get furry down the chimney tonight. Furry Santa. <laughs> that was so good. We didn't even 
rehearse that. No, that was spontaneous. That was really good. I... Santa Kitty. <laughs> Usually when I'm when I'm not enunciating for the podcast, I sing it in more of a baby voice. Yeah. Just like Santa Baby. Yeah, because you're making fun of sexy Christmas. Yeah. Santa Baby. <laughs> like what the hell kind of shit is that? And why is the the height of sexy lady vocals always eight, eight a year baby? Old child? It's all pedophilia. Ugh, it's so gross. But you know where that little baby voice works perfectly is when you're personifying a cat. When you're personifying a sexy Christmas cat. Oh, was Ruby being sexy in this? Santa Kitty. Yeah, she's like, she's oh. like, she's like, don't you? One little trick, catnip. <laughs> Yeah. Just a bit everywhere. I was Santa picturing Kitty. her being more like dreamy. Oh, that's better. Yeah, like like that state she's usually in when oh. she's like lying on a, like a duvet somewhere. Yes. And just like inviting you to come pet her. Yes. It's, it's not sexy. Less sexy, more cuddly. It's affectionate though. Affectionate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll I go for it. I didn't know you thought our cat was sexy. So. I don't think our cat is sexy. I cannot believe you're trying to hook a chamois into <laughs> saying that in public no, on I the internet. No, I think you cleared it up. I think okay. you cleared it up. Wow. <laughs> you want to take us into the connects and corrects? That yeah. was just the intro. We're just warming up. Uh, so the first one is about educating yourself about the genocide in Palestine. Yeah. Just remind everyone to keep doing that because it's still happening. It's really fucking bad. It gets worse every day. Mm -hmm. I saw someone on Instagram recently who said the way she described it is like every single day is the worst day. Mm. And then she described so many of the things that have happened. Um, hospitals being targeted. Um, houses being bombed indiscriminately people undergoing surgery without anesthesia because of the lack of medical care. People are now starving to death. There have mm -hmm. been the first reported um, starvations. There's epidemic. There's been targeted, um, you know, sniper killings. There's been people trapped under rubble. Mm -hmm. Today we found out that some Israeli hostages were killed by Israeli troops because they were firing indiscriminately at, yep. at civilians and some of them were some of the hostages. It is a fucking nightmare. So... If you don't know about it or you haven't been reading about it, I know it's hard to hear about, but continue to educate yourself, please. If you don't know where to start, please let us know. We're happy to have a conversation or direct you to some resources. I think the general media gets tired of reporting about terrible things, mm -hmm. um, but it's it's happening and it's getting worse and worse. Yeah. On that note, um, Rebecca had suggested this really excellent song called Not Dark Yet by Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. And I wanted you to know, I still haven't listened to the entire album. Yeah. I will. But I, I, I did listen to this song again recently and discovered it gets better the more times you listen to it. So mm -hmm. I think what's happened to me with Bob Dylan is his voice is so incredibly grating. Yeah. That I hear it right from the beginning. Like you go from zero to Bob Dylan and you're like, ah, my ears. Yeah, yeah. You needed a warm up. But if you keep listening for a while, it's less annoying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that about most songs, no? There's songs that yeah. I, I... No, there's people with really beautiful singing voices. No, but like the first time I experience a song is not the best 
version like from I oh. the more I listen to even a good song the more I no, like it. No, I, I think people with really beautiful voices sometimes it's the first notes of the I mean like the first time you're hearing the song from zero. It's silent and then they start singing and you're mm -hmm. like, "Oh, my heart like it touched me somewhere." Mm. It's silent, you're you're hearing the instrumentals leading up into not dark yet and then Bob's voice comes in and you're like, "Oh no." <laughs> oh no. But then he keeps going and you're sort of like, okay, I can handle it. It's not nails on a chalkboard anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That we did find, um, for anybody who agrees with Rachel about um, BD's voice just being like not its best, um, Mumford, Mr. Mumford oh, yeah. covers this yeah. song, Not Dark good. Yet, on it's YouTube. Really good. And it's really good. He has a beautiful singing His voice. His voice is amazing. Again, Bob Dylan is a songwriting genius. A poet. A poet, a revolutionary he's incredibly talented. He's not a good singer and I don't like to listen to him sing. Yeah. Do you think Aunt Nancy has given up on our podcast? No, I think she's, I think she's finally just given up on, on us as people. No, 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 no. I think she's made her point. We, I think all she wanted us to do is give Bob Dylan a chance and we've really done so it. Many chances. Yeah. Okay. And I think the part that's most important to her, we've really internalized. Okay. That he is, a poet. Do you think we should stop talking about him? Like, do you think no. I'm digging in my hole deeper and deeper? Here's the thing I, I want us to remember is that Bob Dylan is just one of the many muses of the show. Yeah. And I don't want to forget Ian Smart Guy Glasses Malcolm. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Or Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. So, and Bette Midler. Oh, Bette. Her wheelchair mermaid Bette. gig. Oh, there's I forgot just, about wheelchair mermaid. There's mermaids. just so many muses. So it's oh. not a good... It's, Bob Dylan forever in our our hearts, but maybe yeah. less out of our mouths in the coming months. Oh, we'll see what happens. Who knows? I can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Oh, uh, I put on here to talk about 40 before 40 updates, but I don't really have any. Do you want to do some garden updates instead? Yes. Okay, so major news. Major. Yesterday, December 15th, just depending on when you're listening to this, 2023. <laughs> no, it's not depending on when you listen to it. I, I mean, I want to set the context. Like, oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. like, you're right. That was more precise. <laughs> Basically, regardless of when you listen to it. It was December 15th. I have a major garden update okay. on December 15th, 2023. Which is that I harvested for the first time ever black beans. Black beans. Yes. Um, now, for many people listening, you probably have your own gardens and you've grown black beans all the time. This might be mm. ho-hum. But we're trying to eat more beans in this household. <laughs> And this yesterday we got 11 new beans, 11 whole beans. It was actually 13. Oh, 13. Yeah. I ate one raw just to see. How was that? It was weird. Earthy. Oh yeah. Kind of like after you've hydrated a bean that you get from the store. Yeah. If you've ever eaten one before you cook it, it tasted like that. So do you think you like could access the nutrients or do you think that thing's shooting right through your digestive system? Oh no, you got the nutrients. Okay. Yeah. I don't think you should eat like a dry bean, but these are, these the beans that you pull from the pod are essentially the state that you could just dump them in a pot immediately. Okay. Yeah. Those, which are also called like field peas is like, oh. a, I don't know if you know, like that Southern they recipe. Good? They're earthy. Like you would still want to cook, like I would still want to boil them or cook them in a pot with like onions and some spices for like 15 uh -huh, or 20 uh -huh. minutes. But you don't have to hydrate them like yeah. you do with okay. like shelf beans that you get from the grocery store. You can still store. chew them. They're not going to crack your teeth. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're they're soft. Okay. They were really easy to eat. Uh, they just taste, they have a real dirt quality when they haven't been cooked. Oh, a dirt quality. Yeah, soil. Yum. Earthy. Yum. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm really, really excited about my beans. I'm excited for you about your beans. Yeah. Yeah. And we can just add those 12 beans now, since you ate one, mm -hmm. to the 3,000 beans we have in our fridge right now. Yep. That's so great. I'm also excited about, um, I planted Brussels sprouts mm -hmm. and two of them now have germinated. Oh. So I'll keep you posted about Brussels. That's great. And we have some friendship strawberry plants. Yep. We have eight little baby strawberries. The baby growing. strawberries are real cute. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty excited about those. Um, and then other news, all our, our carrots have also sprouted the up. carrots are happy. Yeah. yeah. And so we've got, you know, we have some months from now before we'll have like a full bounty, but this is my first time ever doing like a winter garden uh -huh. and it just not going to shit. So I'm pretty excited. Yay! Yeah. I'm excited too. It's beautiful too. The, like if nothing else, it's a beautiful little part of our yard and... Um, it gives me some street cred, so thank you. Yeah, and for anybody else who's like excited about a garden, I would also suggest that you add some solar-powered, very twinkle lights. Yes, yep. Uh, we have a trellis, and so we've, yep. we've wound fairy lights on it, and it's just really nice and at night. And what's hanging from that trellis right now? Oh, like 20 pounds of passion fruit. They're so beautiful. Yeah. It's gorgeous. I can't believe the trellis has like withstood their weight actually. Well, have you seen, I've, I've been using some of the rubbish trees we cut down. I've to got, prop them up. Yeah. You have to. Because I didn't, I didn't really think about this at all. They're, it's quite heavy. The yeah, vine yeah. is like, it's we a big We didn't prune cobra. back any of the blossoms or anything. We were just no. like, oh, look at all these lily koi. And I never will. Yeah. Never. I'm, I'm never going to do it. Yeah. I want maximum harvest. You don't prune. I don't edit. That's how it goes. Yep. Yep. Thanks for asking. You're welcome. And thank you for gardening. Um, another little connect and correct is just that the same cousin who warned us against tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow says she did like the book Elsewhere by that same author. Okay. So okay. that might be another one to look into. Mm -hmm. Got it. You want to look back on this year for us? Do you know anything about where our listenership was located this year since it's almost a new year? Or do you want to save that for next step? I do have it. I'm just pulling it up. Okay. okay. Go. So pretty exciting. United States, you're still 75% okay. of yeah, our listenership. That makes sense. Germany is staying strong at 11%. Wow. Yeah. We are consistently popular in Germany. Consistently popular in Germany. Um, Turkey. Hey, I see you. 5% now. Okay, Turkey. Not a fluke. Not a fluke. And not just you when you happen to be in not Turkey. Not just because I happened to be in Turkey one time. Nope. Yeah. Because that, this is from this year. 5% Turkey. So were you talking about our podcast last year in Turkey? Yeah. And I did some like Turkish topics. So maybe that's why. Maybe we got some listeners. Hey, Turkey. Hey, Turkey. Uh, 2% Nepal. So still Nepal going strong. Mm -hmm. We and see you. New countries that have shown up: Mexico. Okay, Mexico. Uh, Canada. Oh, yes. we have a Canadian listener. Yes. E. Yes. Do you think it's because it's just so cold up there? They have nothing else to do. Probably yeah. they were looking for um, Hawaii friendship podcasts. Yeah. And now that, that we have Canada up. and Mexico, it's like the NAFTA of podcasts. So true. Yeah. Um, also, um, NAFPA, North American Free Podcasting Association. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, other new countries that hit the list, we'll see if they have staying power, is Serbia. Oh. Chile. Okay, Chile. Hi, Chile. Estonia. Uh-huh. Latvia, so maybe somebody who lives kind of near the border. Maybe both. Maybe both. 
and uh, Ukraine. Oh, you know what? My, one of my colleagues, I think, was re recently in like Latvia and Estonia. Okay. Well, yeah. hey, Collie. Thank you. <laughs> and then uh, Reunion Island. Do we know anyone Reunion. there? Reunion. Reunion. Someone went on vacation. Yeah. So, hi. Bonjour. <laughs> Um, yeah, so our that's our audience. I can't wait to see like who, what other countries pop up yeah. for next year. And then the final thing is we are at twenty four hundred all time plays. Holy, I mean, holy shamoli! Holy what? And only like twelve hundred of those were me. Oh well, then that's really good. Yeah, yeah. And then our audience size on average is thirty five people. Uh huh. Isn't that's, that so yeah, nice? Yeah, that's a pretty big reach, actually. Like, and imagine consistent. this room with thirty five people sitting in it right now. It would be packed, packed because we have a tiny little yeah. room. But this, like, we're basically in a virtual room right now on this schmod, and there's like yeah. thirty five people with us. We love you, and that they actually keep listening. Thank you. Thank you. you. <laughs> Gracias. <laughs> Um, you got some like uh, podcast stats for the year about like how many people have us as their number one podcast. <laughs> do you have that handy? Uh, let me see. Yes, I do. Okay. okay. All right. So we we are a top ten podcast for thirty seven fans. That's out there. incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. We're a top five for twenty six. Twenty six people. Yeah, and then. We are the number one <laughs> podcast for 12 fans. Oh, my gosh. Do you think that those people just don't listen to any other podcast? Yes. Do you think they're listening to us out of pity? Are we a pity listen? No, I think that they want to hear about our silly lives. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so honored. I That tickles me to no end. <laughs> She's so tickled, y'all. <laughs> delighted well great now that we're so popular we need to start working on our sponsorships have you heard from airplanes no airplanes have not offered to sponsor us yet. nobody's reached out um what about you no i haven't heard from airplanes you haven't heard about airplanes what about gardens oh we haven't even made a plea for garden sponsorships yet yeah, yeah. Maybe like the like some sort of like soil company. Yeah, 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 know? yeah. Or National Gardeners Association. That's where the big bucks are. Oh yeah, it's national. If, if that's a thing. Yeah, or just um, like like spigots and spades. Yeah, you know, just like other types of gardening equipment. Garden equipment. Yeah, that could sponsor us. Okay, garden equipment. Um, have you heard from Matthew McConaughey, Bill Hader? No. Bob Dylan. No, none of their people have reached out. No. What about you with Bill Hader? No. Bill has not reached out to me for no, a while, sir. actually. Mm. I think he's still mad that I came to Tulsa and didn't Did contact him. Mm. Yeah. Even though he lives in California. I, I actually also think he's a little annoyed that I didn't know who Woody Guthrie is. <laughs> <laughs> As a Tulsa native, he was like, come on, Rach. I thought, we, I thought you were better than that. Don't you think that that would make him want to reach out so he can educate you? No, I think it's like a straw that broke the camel's back in our friendship, actually, because Damn. first of all, I've never confessed my true love to his face. I just I keep pretending like it's platonic. And then I publicly came on this podcast and told everyone how sexy I think he is. Mm -hmm. And also that I don't like that he's with someone else. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. That's a real barrier to you getting together. Yeah. And like he would have kept up the charade except then the Woody Guthrie thing, mm. you know. Okay. Sorry, Bill. Oh, and I Matthew still like you. And Bob Dylan. I'm not sorry to Matthew McConaughey. He's fine. He doesn't need our apologies. He'd probably reject it if we tried to apologize to him. Don't you think? Yeah, I, th I just think he'd be like, it's not necessary. I don't feel wrong. Yeah. yeah. Bob Dylan would just like avoid eye contact and, and just like, he'd be like, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, he really doesn't need us. Yeah, he does not need us. It is time for some hot tops, like tops that are hot, hot, hot. Oh. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I can go first. You get to go first. Go, Rebecca, go. Go, Rebecca, go. Okay, remember how I was like so excited that yesterday was December 15th, 2023, mm -hmm. just like a couple minutes ago? <laughs> well... Another really big thing that's important about December 15th, 2023 is that it would have been my grandma Betty's centennial. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So oh, sorry, one quick interruption. Do you need to go turn the oven off really Yes. Quick? Hold on. Um, I'm gonna uh, do some pause music. Go quickly. Okay. Do 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 thank you for holding. Schmodcast will be back momentarily. Your business is important to us. Thank you for holding. A representative will get to you in the order of your call. She's back. Okay, now hot top us. Okay, so Grandma Betty is my hot top. Yes, Grandma Betty. Santa Betty. So I'm not going to tell her whole life story, but I wanted to share some highlights because this was uh, my grandma Betty lived nearby me for almost all of my like mm -hmm. all the way through adolescence. When I moved away to college, she as long as I can remember, she always lived close to my mom. And part of that is because her and my mom were best friends. So early life for grandma Betty, one highlight, she was born in L.A. area. And at 12 years old, way before you're allowed to drive, she used to drive her Aunt Pat and Aunt Pat's boyfriend to bars. How could she even see over the steering wheel? Isn't that so funny? And this is like before power steering. She yeah. had to really crank that thing. Yeah. And it was for sure a manual transmission. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Betty. She used to take them to the bar safe, safety first. Okay. No drinking to excess and then driving. I just think having a 12-year-old drive might be worse than being intoxicated behind yeah. the wheel. It's, it's one of those like kind of the way it, grandma used to talk about it too. It just it was sort of like it was a different age. And I got the impression that like 12-year-olds were somehow different than like the 12-year-old I was yeah. listening to this story, which is not true. but A little different, not in terms of brain development, but they didn't get to have much of a childhood. Yes. Yeah. And grandma grew up during the Great Depression, mm -hmm. so she also like one of one of the big things for grandma, of course, was about like financial security and really like scrimping and saving. Um, even um, <laughs> she taught us all how to make a wacky cake, which is also known as a depression cake. Yeah. And it's a chocolate cake that it doesn't, doesn't use, use like eggs, yeah, eggs or, or milk. milk or butter. Yeah. yeah, it uses like hydrogen, not hydrogen peroxide. It uses vinegar. <laughs> I'm glad it doesn't use hydrogen peroxide. No hydrogen peroxide. Don't put that in your cake. <laughs> it's like cocoa powder, flour, and um, vinegar, cold water, and like baking powder. Yeah, baking something soda. gross. Yeah, but it tastes really good. Have mm. I ever made you one? I think you have. I'll make it again for grandma. Okay. Okay, other things that I love about Grandma Betty, she used to always tell us, like, her, we'll call them Bettyism. She used to just give us this wisdom about how to select a good mate. And, oh. of course, she's assuming you're you're straight. Wasn't it, she married many times? Yep. Okay. She was married four times. Okay, so she really knew what she was talking about. Well, and actually, she was technically married five times. But once was to the same guy again? Once was to the same guy again, but she also had a marriage, number two, that she annulled. And because she was Catholic, she was like, it didn't count. Didn't count. Okay. So she didn't count that as a marriage. So okay. she would say four, but meant to three men, even though there was four men and five marriages. Okay. 
But here's some Bettyisms about selecting a good mate in okay. case you wanna you wanna live if like you, this. If you're having sexy Christmas, if you're yep. watching all those Hallmark holiday movies and thinking about who you're gonna select to cuff with this year. Yep, and these are really about um, process of elimination okay. types of advice. <laughs> she um, recommends against you dating a man with small ears. Small ears. Yep. Because it's bad somehow. Didn't explain why. She okay. didn't do that. She was Explanations just, weren't Betty's thing. Nope. She would just tell you the right answer and then move on. No okay. questions. If their eyes are too close together. Yes, that's actually, you should be warned against that. Do you know why? Because she never told me why. Well, eyes being close together can be a sign of like fetal alcohol syndrome. Oh. And also, I mean, a number uh, a number of genetic disorders as well. Okay. Could be your eyes being, I mean, I'm talking about like very abnormally close to each other. Yeah, I think yeah. grandma was just like close together. That ain't it. <laughs> um, if their last name could be a first name. Oh. Yeah. And I can't find the internet, like the internet won't corroborate this, but my grandma basically was would imply, she did kind of explain this one, that it's because they like changed their last name or there's some sort of reason that they're probably like thieves or vagabonds. But what if it's just that their grandfather was and they got that last name from I, them? Well, you know, then they're from bad stock. Yeah, okay. Um. So yeah, then the last one, <laughs> this one's really helpful. If you're walking down the street with your bow and you notice that He's walking on the inside, like he's between the buildings and you and your street oh, side yeah, danger yeah. side. Yeah. yeah. What he's telling you is take her. I don't care about yes. her. Yes. Yeah. So I've heard that from the older generation. That one's really <laughs> I, I actually have dated men who insisted on being between me and the street. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, like, I'm I'm just as strong as you are, I'll be fine. But I just feel like if a car's jumping the curb and crashing, you're both in the danger zone. Like there's not like yeah. there's not really like a great answer there. Yeah. It's got a nice sentiment to it, and also like I'm a little more egalitarian than that. So. Yes. Um, other things about Grandma Betty, uh, she was so she was widowed for the final time in her early sixties. And this was before I met her, before I was born. And so this is the version of grandma that, that I grew up with, which was that she was really independent. She had pensions from all her dead husbands. So she was like living mm -hmm. very comfortably and all of her kids were really grown. And I, I remember being really enamored with the fact that she just like wasn't lonely. She yeah. had, she really liked building her home and like she had, she was always busy. She was going and doing things all the time. And I remember feeling really special as a kid if I got time with grandma because yeah. she always had things to do. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that that's not really the like stereotypical type of grandma uh -huh. that they're, they're usually like portrayed as lonely and sitting kind at home feeble. wishing you would come hang out with them. Yeah. And of course, some of this is my grandma was pretty young by the time. I mean, she's in her early sixties, uh, but she would get dressed up black slacks with like little tights underneath them and little heels and we would go to the mall just to go uh -huh. to the mall and the big highlight was going to red lobster afterwards oh yeah and she would let me get a strawberry daiquiri oh non-alcoholic oh. no 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 alcohol i was like jesus yeah and um she what else she always had red hots in like really beautiful like oh, glass. that's why you like the red hots yeah. yeah and these little glass bowls all over her house those are candies for anyone who doesn't know what a red hot yeah, is. Yeah, they're delicious. Eat them immediately. And um, finally, she um, she studied at a university in her late 50s when her daughters were going to uh -huh. school in uh, Tucson at the University of Arizona or Arizona University. I can't remember the 
ordered. University of Arizona. University of Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. And she took all different kinds of like art classes and painted all these really yeah. beautiful She pictures. made sculptures. She did some sculptures and I actually have one in my office. And um, just looking back on her life, I just think it's really cool and remarkable that she just kept doing whatever she felt like yep. it. Yeah. Whatever she felt like. And there was never an aspect of like apologizing to Grandma Betty's life. She just powered through and went on to the next thing. And I just, I thought it was really cool that she kept reinventing herself all throughout oh. her life. Beautiful yeah. Grandma Betty. Happy hundo, Grandma Betty. Happy hundo. Yeah. How lovely. Yeah. May the we end. all have a little Grandma Betty in our lives. Yes. And we may we all have a someone in the future generations who will tell our stories and cry tears of joy on yeah. the Schmodcast with her platonic life partner. And then, oh, one last thing to end it on because I okay. think she'd be mad if I didn't. She had a very extensive jewelry collection. Oh. She was constantly taking like different pieces back to the jeweler and having them like melt them down and make <gasps> new jewels. Love. She was really good at doing that with like, she didn't like this ex-husband or whatever. And she'd go take that engagement ring and make it into like a necklace. Oh my God, that's cool. And then she taught me a word, gaudy. Yeah. Don't call Grandma Betty's jewelry gaudy. No, it's not gaudy. I did it once and I was nine. Why would you have said that? Because I was trying on the words and frankly, there were so many diamonds all over that ring. It, it was, was gaudy. It was gaudy. <laughs> but you didn't know it was neg a negative word yet. I didn't know it could be considered negative. Yeah. Oopsie. So anyways. What did she do when you said her jewelry was gaudy? She just, she like snapped at me. Yeah. Like only. And you don't want to be snapped at by Grandma Betty. No, she would do this thing where she go like, like that, like yeah. a weird noise would come out and you knew that you were in big trouble. Whatever you were doing, stop immediately. <laughs> <laughs> to Grandma Betty, may her spirit live on. Yes. Yeah, how sweet. That's a great hot top, Reeves. I love it. Um, my hot top is going to take a real turn. Are you ready? Yeah, good luck connecting our tops. Well, I have a question for you. Did Grandma Betty um, ever swear? Did she curse? She, she did. She did, okay. She did. So yeah. she strikes me as the kind of lady who is like, I just do what I want. Yep. You know, norms be damned. Yes. Okay. She's a real trailblazer. Me too, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without question. Without question. And one of the things I blaze trails about is that I I, I have a potty mouth. I curse yeah. a lot. I'm really a cursor. Yeah. Prolifically profane. Prolifically profane. C'est moi. That's what I do. Ouais. Ouais. So um, I have a friend who doesn't curse uh, at all. He oh. used to. And one one day he like cursed in front of a child and realized that he probably shouldn't do that. And so he just like stopped completely. Wow. No cold Turkey even. anymore. Yeah. I mean, he's very neurodiverse, so it makes sense. And it made me start thinking my hot top is, should I stop cursing? Oh, <gasps> okay. And spoiler alert. The answer is no. Okay. But okay. You, you gave it the scientific method. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what I did here was I found an article, um, from, Success Magazine or something like that. <laughs> it's not like Successful Lady Magazine? No. Oh, so what if this oh, is man, gendered? I didn't write down. Yeah, it's called Success Magazine. This is just mm. like my banished words <clears throat> list from a university yeah. I didn't yeah. bother to learn. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I googled a little bit more, but this one is interesting because the author wrote this in 2018. Her, her name is Melissa Balmain. And the article is called What Happened When I Tried to Stop Swearing? Oh. Okay, so Melissa and her whole fam, her hubby and, and kids, were like 
maybe we should stop using curse words because they they their belief was if we don't curse anymore, there will be less negativity because there's so much negativity associated uh-huh. with profanity. And they were like, maybe maybe we'll like be nicer or like oh. things will be calmer or sweeter in our lives if we use less negative words, which means okay. less cursing. Okay. And here's what she found out. <clears throat> so she, I mean, she's an academic, her husband's an academic, she's a writer. So they researched this as well as going two weeks trying not to curse at all. And what Melissa found out is that um, swearing is a fascinating habit that has, it's old, it goes to way, way, way back when. Mm -hmm. It's partly interesting because swearing can both like earn you laughs and credibility and also like get you in trouble. Right. But we all kind of know when to use it in which scenario. She says, interestingly enough, the more scientists study it, the more they realize how badly we need it. Mm. So swearing plays, uh, this is a quote from the article, swearing plays numerous roles in helping us communicate, manage, and understand our emotions. Um, There's even a book by uh, this researcher, Emma Byrne, called Swearing is Good for You. And the author says, uh, profanity teaches us a lot about how our brains, our minds, and even our societies work. So they've done a bunch of these um, studies. They found that uh, people with brain damage and Tourette syndrome, um, by by researching people with brain damage and Tourette syndrome, we've discovered that impulsive cursing might actually use a different brain structure than deliberate language. Oh, okay. So so when you curse because you have a a tick or a, a brain damage, it's not the same thing as choosing to use a curse okay. word. Um, because taboo words evoke strong emotions they're ingrained really early so small children like learn curse words and how to use them at a very young age Uh later on when you learn new ways to express yourself no matter how meaningful those new expressions are they don't have the same power as the things you learned at a very young age so because cursing for whatever reason gets ingrained in us really early it retains power that new words new expressions don't quite get later. Mm -hmm. Swearing can also dull physical pain. Uh, One study found that people were able to keep keep their hand in almost freezing water for longer if they cursed while doing it. And of course, they did a control group where they said non-curse words and they couldn't keep their hand in the water as long. Swearing has given people in some studies more grip strength and help them pedal harder on an exercise bike. Oh. So it really does have an actual emotional impact. Yeah. It's something about the swearing being bound up in our fight or flight response. Um, They have Mm -hmm. found that um, curse words raise our heart rate and blood pressure and funnel blood towards our extremities and help us to sweat. Oh. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, Trying not to swear in social situations can actually cause some impediments to your social relationships. For example, um, she said like during her experiment, a friend shared upsetting news from her life and the author not being able to swear had to say just like, Oh gosh, that's really awful. And felt that her friends felt like she was like underplaying it. Like didn't really, wasn't really empathizing with them. So swearing can be important to like indicate your, connection to another person, oh, your outrage on their behalf, your sorrow. you're feeling yeah. something. Yeah. 
Um, sometimes using swear words can make us more influential. In certain situations, swearing makes you be perceived as more honest mm -hmm. because you're not holding back. Right. Um, and can make you seem be more per persuasive. Uh, there's a really strong link between curse words and humor as well. So it makes you seem like more personable. But of course, it can backfire. There's some situations where cursing could make people dislike you or not listen to your opinions. Mm. It has the power to wound people. Um, basically, one of these researchers said that we should get better at sticking with swears related to the copulatory and excretory, the things we pretty much have in common, as opposed to slurs, which can set you apart. Yeah. Even just saying God in a way that is like disrespectful in some communities would make people not trust you. Right. Yeah. But what this author found is that not swearing helped them be become more mindful. Just thinking about what they were saying uh, before choosing to use a swear word or not helped them kind of be more uh, intentional with their words. Mm -hmm. Uh, not swearing can make other people around you calmer because when you hear curse words, it can um, make some people fear, um, feel fearful or like worry that anger may be coming up. And uh, you, you can pay attention to when you curse or not to help regulate the emotions of people around you. Like, is it putting them at ease or is it stressing them out? Mm -hmm. Suppressing cursing also has an opportunity cost because if you are trying really hard not to curse, you may not be paying as much attention to the content or the conversation, right? Because you're just trying not to say, you're just trying to say dang instead of damn or like mm -hmm. fork instead of fuck. Like it, it doesn't make that big of a difference. Yeah. Instead you're just like, because you're using some amount of your brain yeah. power to translate or filter. Exactly. You're just not totally and present. To hold back. Yeah. yeah. It's holding in a sneeze. But people, this is another in favor of swearing, people who swear at each other are less likely to use actual physical violence too. It's a way to like get aggression out without harming someone. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the, her conclusion was, um, when the trial ended and they were allowed to curse again, it felt a lot more meaningful. Um, they don't swear as much as they used to now that it is more meaningful. So like swearing too much, means that you just have to escalate the swearing for it to mean as much. Right. So just use naughty words only when you need them most, and then you can use them your whole life long. Are there any uh, any rules about swearing around children? It, this article didn't really go into that. I think I've been trying to sort of balance between what the parents of that child want and whether they've brought that child into an adult situation. If mm. I'm at a child's birthday party, I'm not going to drop the F-bomb. Right. If someone is allowing their child to listen to this podcast, I say fuck sometimes and that's that parent's... I put an explicit right on that. Yeah. There's exactly. a warning. If I'm at Ultimate Frisbee and it's not a children's sport, it's an adult pickup game and someone brought their child and their child hears me yell shit... I don't feel responsible for that. Mm -hmm. Like you brought your child to this. You're you. This is an adult environment yeah. that you brought your child to basically. Yeah. Um, I've accidentally cursed in front of my nephews and had them and their parents basically just say like, they've heard it. It's okay. They know that they know that there are words adults are allowed to use that they're not allowed to use. Mm -hmm. So that's where I fall on that. If it's, if it's like a stranger's child and we're in a child-friendly environment, I might be more careful. 
Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think that's really well reasoned, too. Yeah. I often don't think about it until after, I, like, like many sentences later, I'm like, oh, I said shit or something. Yeah. Oh, well. But I'm not going to curse well, at a child. No, not at them. And I'm just, not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do like a dirty joke in front no. of a child. But I am going to use like swear words in my converse, in my like way I'm expressing the way I feel about something mm-hmm. or telling a funny story. But I'm not going to like use content that would be shocking to a child, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That seems fair. That seems fair. Yeah. yeah. I also really like the the kid space versus adult space. Yeah. Like you brought your child into an adult space and in that adult space, I was frustrated and said, fuck it. Yeah. And your child heard me. Yeah. Sorry. So now they know you're cool. Now they know that this adult who is not their parent says bad words. Yeah. That's, they can deal with that, <laughs> right? Or don't take them back. I know. Anyway. Um, so Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry fucking Merry Christmas. Merry fucking Christmas, man. I like that. Yeah. Did that make you think about um, using profanities less frequently or just the, the amount you're doing feels optimal to you? I think the amount I'm doing feels good, actually. I noticed on the schmod I actually hold back a little bit mm-hmm. um, just because I'm aware that other people are listening. Like when it's just you and me, I curse a really whole lot. Mm-hmm. And that actually also is probably part of how we indicate our intimacy with each other. And right. I have other friends with whom I probably curse a lot. And again, I'm signaling. Right. I'm free. I'm comfortable. I'm not filtering at all. Yeah. And yeah. and then in other environments, I am filtering more. Like a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I do curse at work sometimes too. I try to use it sparingly. But I, I, I thought this article was interesting because of these researchers who found it can make you seem more honest. Yeah. It can make you seem more approachable mm-hmm. if used strategically. And I'm, I don't have an, ex, um, an explicit strategy for my explicit words. <laughs> <laughs> But I think I think I um, one of the things I'm good at is feeling that out. Mm-hmm. You actually tell tell our listeners about your strategic use of the word "fuck" at work meetings. Yes, I call it a race to the f word. Mm-hmm. It's um, because I I am a woman. In case anybody doesn't know that, and, she her and I used to be younger. So just just in case people you're not Benjamin buttoning backwards. No, no, I'm aging gracefully, by the way. So gracefully. You look great. But I am aging. So uh, the earlier part of my like more professional career. So when I was like working in an office with executives or whatever, um, it obviously they weren't paying attention to me because I was like young and female and also like new in my career and didn't know what I was doing. But um, I found that by strategically using profanity specifically, fuck. Uh, it got their attention that I saw them as peers. Uh-huh. I wasn't as deferential as some of the other women in the office. I wasn't rude. I I was still polite and cordial, but yeah. I it was a way I realized through those interactions, and it wasn't like I was being strategic with f bombing. Then I was just doing it because I really like the word fuck. And then you started noticing it the, happening. How their, then their, I realized their reaction to it yeah, was powerful for you. Yeah, and I think the bigger part was. Um, being intentional with it and then just being like when they look surprised I look at them like yep that's what I said I'm not afraid I'm not apologizing and yeah and this is all like this is all subtext I didn't actually narrate that I reaction here. yeah and so now um that I'm you know since I'm a consultant and I'm working with many different clients and I'm I'm often making new relationships over and over and over again uh-huh. 
Um, I joke that it's my race to the F word. The faster I can start saying fuck with a client or with a new coworker is a way to signal we are close. We've built trust. And it's not like, and so it's more about like, I'm working my way towards that like place with that person that we have enough of a rapport that we can manage like the difficulties of a project and that there's going to be challenges in our working relationship. And you can kind of like start signaling your humanity. Exactly. You let go of a little bit of the veneer. Yeah. That I'm not trying to razzle dazzle them or this isn't me putting on a facade. Like I'm, I'm truly, I mean what I say. Yeah. And like I am, and an you honest can be person. honest with me too. Exactly. I can take it. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So, yeah. so I, I actually quite I, intentionally use it at work. I, a lot. I really like also that you've named it the race to the f word because if you said if it was race to fuck, uh, that doesn't sound right. People don't. Well, people might assume <laughs> that I'm actually a courtesan, <laughs> and I'm not courtesan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one thinks you're a courtesan. Yeah. It's a race to the F word, folks. Yeah, exactly. Well, those are all the hot tops we have today. We have a little outro gimmick, which is name a sad Christmas song you love and or a sexy Christmas song you hate. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, my favorite sad Christmas uh-huh. is... Bells will be ringing, the sad, sad news. Oh, what a Christmas to to have have the the blues. blues. Oh, it's so sad. Eagles. That's the Eagles? Mm-hmm. I'm learning. Okay. I was, just, yeah. I was just like white men rock singers. The name of the song is Please Come Home for Christmas. Oh, come home for Christmas. Yeah. Yes. I have a new uh, least favorite sexy Christmas song. Yeah, tell me. I heard it on the radio yesterday. I think it was the one we we heard together that is maybe Megan Trainer. Maybe. And it's called Say Wrap it. Me Up. Oh. Can it's, you sing it? Uh-uh. I can't. I don't remember it enough. I just remembered that it was really bad. But, I mean, Santa Baby is really, really bad. I can only listen to it if we sing it in a very mockingly baby voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I like All I Want for Christmas is You as, like, something funny. I think, think it's If you think of not, it as com- com- comedic, it's Even good. if it's... I don't, I don't dislike romantic Christmas songs that are done in a... Or, or like, affectionate Christmas songs that don't have to be romantic. Like, yes. it can be friendship love. Like, yeah. All I Want for Christmas is yeah. You could also be me singing to my mom. Yeah. Oh, you know what's Unless a terrible, there's a weird line in there I'm not terrible, remembering. sexy Christmas song. <laughs> A terrible sexy Christmas song is um, um, Last Christmas I give him my heart But the very next day I give it away That, that one's, one's hard because it's sad That one's both Oh no which, which actually, we do like sad Christmas that, that is my one exception Is if, if it's sexy and sad Then it's good Okay also <laughs> there's, there's a sad Christmas song I do not like What is it? It's, um, so this is breaking all of our rules that we love sad Christmas and hate sexy Christmas. Okay. Um, the Christmas shoes one, the sad song about the little boy whose mama is dying and he goes to buy her Christmas shoes. That one's actually a third category and that's funny Christmas. It's not supposed to be funny though. but it's so funny. It's so funny. (laughs) But it's so funny because what, what does he say about, so mama's pretty for Jesus, if she meets Jesus tonight? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I want her to look her best. If mama in, in meets case Jesus. Mama meets Jesus. Mama to- meets Jesus tonight. 
What? I have a really bad sexy Christmas for you. Okay. From NSYNC. Oh. Yes. The song is called Under My Tree. Oh, God. Yep. And they're doing sexy. They're like, it's that time of year. Like the whole oh, that's thing. sexy? Yeah, they're doing oh. sexy. Because you not tell from the oh, way I was dancing? Uh-uh. I couldn't. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> they, they say, um, it's beautiful under my tree. But there's like sexual implications to it. Is he standing like legs spread apart and the under the tree is his undergirdle? I think so. Or he wants to do it under the tree. Oh, he wants to do it under he, the tree. There's the, that sounds itchy. Aren't the, the gifts under there? The bridge is like, oh yeah, because you're on pine needles oh. the bridge is like no one but you no one but me sweet rendezvous under, under my tree, tree. oh mm-hmm. yeah he wants to get it going it's just it's here's the thing i can't suspend my disbelief it's so yeah unachievable yeah that it's not it's not good it's not sexy it's really bad actually i'm just like if someone was like "Ooh, girl Let's do it under my tree. I'd be like, are you insane? No. Absolutely not. That's the one. Where? How? I'm actually just curious how he expects that to happen. So maybe I'll agree just to see. Okay, sure. Show me. There must be. Show me. It must be a tree stand where the tree is quite elevated. I mean. Because you're going to need some room, like a clearance. A a lot. You need some clearance. It has to be a pretty big tree for you to get under it. Like both of you. Right. Or maybe it's just your heads are under the tree, so there's lights. I don't know. but And then your I, body's I still, just in, where are you, like the living room? I like to see how you're executing whatever the sex act is while you're both under the tree in any way. Like, maybe both of your feet can be under the tree. That's maybe, the best I maybe, can Maybe, but of. someone's kicking it. Someone is kicking and it. And there's just ornaments oh my God. clattering everywhere. All of a sudden, in the middle, you're like, that was from my grandma! And it, yes. like, falls... Ooh, who wants to be looking up at their family Christmas tree while they're doing it, too? Yeah. Not it's, cute. It's not, not sexy. Guys, <laughs> Christmas is not sexy. You heard it here. Tell everyone. It's not supposed to be sexy. Stop it. Just yep. stop. Let's go back to sad Christmas. That's the best one. All right, y'all, we are about to log off. I do want to tell you, we did a test audio to see if this audio arrangement worked. So I hope it went really well. And also we may include some of the um the clip of our test audio at the very end. So if you if you hang on after the closing sounds, you might hear the clip. What Maybe. If you, what if you just don't though? I might not. <laughs> Let's see. There's what only happens. one way to find out. Bells will be ringing. You wanna take us out? Uh yeah, so first will we do any more recordings in twenty twenty three? Who knows? Who knows? Let's see. Uh, thanks for being on this adventure with us, y'all. And as always, let us know if you have a hot top suggestion or you want to submit your own response to something. Call or text us if you know us, schmodcast the podcast at gmail.com or find us on the gram. Instagram. Beep pop pop this has been a Rebetchel production. Proud sponsors of Rebetchel B-Day Extravaganza. Doing. Uh, this is good for a test. Yeah, I'm going to really look into the levels of litter in the litter box. You're going to do some science on how much litter is in there and whether it gets stuck to her bell bell? Yeah. Okay. Because we can't have litter tracked all over the fucking place. I agree. Why do you think I got that fucking dust buster? Yeah. And why I love it so much. This is like my eggshells. I'll do the eggshell part of the plan and you're doing the dust buster part afterwards. You got it. Let's see if this worked.